Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Edmund. And we're back for more Prodigal Son, a uh, show that's just so darn entertaining. Uh, <laughs> bleak, though. It's, uh, it's bleak. Oh, God, but it's entertaining. Yes, I know. And it just keeps going. I gotta go week after week. But I did think of one thing last night because, Ooh, you know, the ratings aren't great. Oh. Well, as far as I can. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm looking yeah. at this and going, well, they're not great. They're up against, we talked about it last night. They're yeah, up it's against, up against some huge stuff. Yeah, like Dancing with the Stars and Good yeah. Doctor and things like that. So, yeah, big shows. Yeah, pro you know, so that's part of, probably part of the problem. But the other thing is, is that it's not quite the same as those South Korean things I've been watching. Right. But it's more like those. those because the thing i liked about the north korean stuff south korean i mean the south korean stuff that everybody will have heard about on the quarantine specials yeah. um you know was the story yeah and how the story that every week and I, when you were talking about every week a story that kind of fits but and moves it a little bit forward but it's not the key. We were talking about that last week. And afterwards, after watching these three episodes, I'm going, yeah, that's probably similar. There is a constant thread line. There is always one person who is sort of the keystone character. Yeah. Throughout. For a given episode. Uh, yeah, for, for the whole in show. A given, yeah. Now, he doesn't necessarily get all the big lines and he doesn't necessarily get all the focus all of the other characters have focus right. it's an ensemble cast this is an ensemble cast oh i know and and the korean shows are like that as well and they have storylines and they never deviate like even when you get to a, a a point where you're going well something has been resolved lo and behold something else shows up that puts a lie to the thing uh, but and they're slower yeah and i would say in some ways this is going to be one of the shows that you can binge um, oh completely because because it's it's all we can do to stop moving forward you know we're doing this three at a time yeah and you know like my sister <laughs> just just to talk about binging and this happened with a couple of other shows and she started watching she thought well she'll watch house again because it was on one of the channels right the tra drama channel or something and they were just running the whole thing from beginning to end yeah on regular tv cable tv nice and she said oh she she said i don't know how i like ever liked that show <laughs> <laughs> she said but it's probably she said it was you know it was a week you had a week in between so you could yeah. cope with this horrible person. Yeah. And she said, but you can't when you're watching it time after time. She said, I got so tired. Yeah. He's, and that's it. He's a yeah. lot. Yeah. And, you know, week after week is one thing. But um, eight episodes in a row, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. And it was one of those ones like Alien, um, the Alien. I don't know. I can't remember. Which one of those one ones. Oh, it's an old, old show, sort of semi-profiling. Okay. Um, but alien. 
you know, what's, what's her face? Alien? Jennifer, Jennifer Gar Garner or no, never no mind. It doesn't matter. It was another show. It was okay. set in the FBI, right? but there were, she had all of these special powers and stuff, but it was really oh hard God. to take. Oh yeah, you yeah, know which not, one it is. I honestly just, don't know what you're talking about, but it doesn't I, matter. It I was believe the same it exists. Thing. Yeah, we started to bin we, like we started to watch it three, four episodes, and yeah, it lost its um, appeal. Yeah, the same thing. Like, who can watch Remington Steel today? Well, I can still watch Remington Steel, but that's uh, that that's only because <laughs> you know it's Pierce Brosnan. He's fantastic. Yeah, but the but, show is crap. but the show is not great. Yeah, no, it's not a good show at all. But uh, Pierce Brosnan sure is charming. Uh, anyway, okay. let's get to these. Let's episodes. get to up, Q and A. Q and A. I think we're all. I think I can speak oh. for both of us when I say this is the best episode the show has done yet. Oh uh, my god! Not even close. Like this is oh. the best episode the show has yet done. Yep. Whew. And that's why Elizabeth Peterson is working with the two showrunners on the last episode. Oh, okay. I'm sure entirely on the strength of this episode. Yeah, unbelievable. Wow. And when you hit the end of it, you're just well, okay, going. Okay, well, let's, let's go in order. Come on. Don't, they, don't just what? jump right to the end. Anyway. Uh, he is tracked, Malcolm is tracked down where the station wagon is likely to be. He yeah. goes there and he finds the station wagon in question and then a mysterious man fires shots at him. Yeah. Uh, so obviously he's solved it. it yes. <laughs> like, yeah, problem, so that's not like, the problem. That's not the problem. The problem is he went alone like he always frigging does. <laughs> well yeah because well because it's not a case it's a personal thing no it's not well it is a case though like you know uh, but again as you point out people friggin' refuse to believe him about this about the body <laughs> about the body so he can't make this an official thing yeah uh, that is i think we've made it clear that that is our biggest uh point of contention with the whole season is why wouldn't you believe this kid <laughs> oh we didn't find yeah. any evidence of a body well i mean Sure, but you either found A, a trunk with some hairs and DNA in it, or B, a trunk that has been suspiciously completely bleached clean. Either yeah. way, that's pretty suspicious. But anyway, we're not getting into that. Uh, the, the next episode, the later this episode and the next episode, people will apologize to him for not believing him about the body in the trunk. Yeah. Right, uh, yeah. but that's that's a whole other conversation. See, uh, so we get a shocked. little he, problem solved. Yeah, exactly. He calls in, and this is why this episode was so impressive because he calls everybody mm -hmm. in. They crack open, they look around, and they say, "Oh my God, this man crushes people to death in cars." Yeah, it's he works. He owns a junkyard. He puts people in cars, still alive, and then he compacts them into cubes. And they're finding corpses all over the place. It's very upsetting. And just as we think it's going to be uh, an episode about hunting for this guy, oh no, wait, we've got to go do the uh, the interview. We've got to go do the interview. New Ainsley's with... interview with her father. Whew. So, uh... And she's convinced, of course, that she can handle this. And she's got... All these questions, and she's not going to really ask him those questions. And, yeah, and she's not going to let him control the narrative. Yes, and the mother is going, no, you can't do this. He will find a way to get you. Yep. 
you know, and Malcolm is trying to explain this to her. No, no, no. She knows better. She knows better. Yep. Oh, God. It's, oh. uh, I mean, it's, it's one hell of a series of scenes. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Okay, so, I mean, just, it's fantastically written and fantastically acted. Like, even before the drama starts in the hospital, like the real yeah. life or death drama, Michael Sheen is amazing in this scene. Oh, yes. You just believe him. He's such a, you know. Well, he's, he's so compelling. Yeah. Oh, well, I have, you know, I mean. I have I an haven't... operation named after me. I've saved thousands of people's lives. Yeah. Like, oh, and, my and God. I have an illness. Yeah, I have an and illness. I have an just... illness. People with my illness. I know. Oh, God. The the fact that he has created a narrative in which he is a victim. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's so frustrating to watch, and yet you believe it one hundred percent. Well, yeah, it, it and it is frustrating because we've we've had to talk about this on Criminal Minds often. Yeah, right. Whereas here, up. you've j it's just clear because we already know a lot of the story. Yeah, and you know that this man is a vicious killer oh. oh absolutely you know um we know the horrible i mean and they talk a little about the horrible things he's done to people again mm -hmm. cutting someone's heart out while they were still alive to watch how long it took them to die jesus that's a rough one yeah oh my god but yeah like that's the kind of thing he was into back in the day and yeah. he has never stopped fetishizing about this and dreaming about this and ugh, wanting to get back to it oh he's and wanting to see the case notes and oh i know i mean he's so despicable and you understand like i feel so sorry for ainsley who you know yeah. obviously gets as completely and this is this is largely her mother's fault i would argue because she was never exposed to this man Right, and she never. I mean, you just know the mother never talked about him. No, well, the problem was is the mother couldn't. Exactly, like she, she was in it. Then she just drowned herself in a bottle. Yep, we've talked about that last week, you know. And Ainsley, so Ainsley is left, you know, without knowing this, oh, yeah. all this stuff, and not understanding. Mm -hmm. And um, it's she thinks somehow or another he's just, you know. Well, it's it's the 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 acid the way people assign stereotypes to serial killers. Oh yeah, that's a big part of it. And that's part of what she's in that she, that she'll be able to get because he's just a serial killer. No, he's not, and he already explained that to you, Kingsley. <laughs> he has a procedure named mm -hmm. after him. Yeah. As he, is, he, said, he was a respected. Course, he was a respected physician. He, he was, was the top surgeon, heart in, surgeon in New York, probably one of the top ten in the world. Yep. Like this is not an ordinary creep. This is not just no. some creep who hides in a basement and fantasizes about murder. He managed to live two entirely separate lives at the same time. Uh, being an upstanding member of New York society. Yeah. And also a twisted serial killer for years and years and years. 
Yeah, and the thing is, is if Ainsley's mother had been capable of explaining it to her. Yeah. Um, but as we all know, that people who are, because she's the secondary victim, ultimately, the mother, mm-hmm. um, there's no question in some ways because she's overlooked things. I will still argue that there are things that she should have been able to. And if she had gone and gone into therapy, she would have had to deal with all of those issues. Instead, she drank it away. Yeah. And that solved nothing. That solves nothing. And it puts her daughter at risk from this man. It, I mean, her son was old enough and got away. Yeah. And studied, whereas Ainsley obviously went and did a uh, communications degree <laughs> at the city, uh, you know, the city college, city well, no, I'm sure of it was New that. York or something. I'm sure it was a communications no. degree, but it was a much higher prestige university. Yeah, she, no, than she that. probably, well, she went to Vassar or something. Oh, no, like she would have gone to NYU. NYU has good programs if you want to mm-hmm. become a journalist. Like, that. like I'm sure, I'm sure she's never left Manhattan except for vacations. Yeah, these are these are classy society people with loads and loads of money. So. But yeah, but the watching him go through his situation where he's just a victim, he's just a guy with urges he can't control. I mean, yeah. it's oh, it's, I know. And we think about all of the times we've seen people actually say this about themselves in real life. And you're like, oh, it just makes you sick to see a serial killer using the Harvey Weinstein defense. Yes. yes. I have urges I can't control. Control. No, you can control them because you did. Yeah, you did. Because the whole world thought you were one person. Exactly. And and that's what gets me about this kind of person where you're like, you could, you know, you could not do this, but you're choosing to keep doing it. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. Every time you do this, you're making a choice to do it. You ha- obviously have self-control that are like, but it builds up and I can only control for so long. Yeah. You expect me to feel sorry for you? <laughs> Killing no. people. Yeah. No, no, no. And, um, yeah, so it is, you know, and as it's, the mother's... very well observed, very well written, yeah. extremely well acted. Especially, I mean, we haven't gotten much out of, of Ainsley as a character so far in the show, right? Like, no. she just hasn't had a lot of scenes. But it's like, watching her great performance by the, the actress there, as she's, like, increasingly realizing how in over her head she is. Yeah. Really good performance from her on that. I was quite yeah. impressed. But... Yeah, and then, you know, yeah, no, no, just she's, yeah, just all of a sudden the way he's twisting everything around. Yeah, and she's like, she's like, oh, I And she doesn't plan. know how to answer. No. She doesn't she know doesn't... how to answer it. Yeah. Because she's never dealt with anyone like this before. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and, Whereas, she, and it's like she yeah. has this whole idea in her head of how this conversation is going to go and how yeah. she's going to get him. And it's like. It, she immediately loses control of the conversation. Yeah, immediately. Like, it's it, it is truly amazing to watch how they did how they set this up. I mean, the writing is just great. Yeah. Um, and the performances are just above and beyond. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, you just believe it. I mean, she's got this wonderful relationship with her cameraman. Yep. And everything, and it's all working. And then you just look at her and go, okay, she's got some of her father's father in her because yes. she tells them to keep filming. 
while oh, Malcolm All right, we'll get is, there now. Yeah. We'll get there now. All right, so, uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, the, when she's coming in, when she's coming into the hospital, she gets harassed by one of the uh, other, I mean, one of the other patients in the mental hospital. When she hospital. comes into the, yeah, the mental hospital. Yeah, it's a mental hospital. It's not a prison. Yeah. It's a maximum security mental hospital, but it is a yeah. mental hospital. Yeah. Right. So when she goes into the hospital, she gets harassed by one of the other pa uh, patients. And yeah. while they're there uh, doing the interview, that patient stabs an orderly with a homemade shiv and they have to do a lockdown. Yeah. And then he kicks his way in. He stabs the cameraman, her boyfriend. Yeah. And suddenly we're in a bit of a bind because he is in very bad condition all the medical professionals are surprisingly far away given the situation yeah. and uh, well, they I, happen yeah. to be in a room with the most talented surgeon uh, in you know in new york yeah uh and so they they try to do everything they can to not give him a knife and right? if they could just not give him a knife that would be the best thing for everyone but mm -hmm. and Malcolm is like i'll do the surgery you just tell me what to do to save this guy's life and whether like it pr quickly proves that that's not gonna like it quickly reveals that that's well, not it work. might have worked if his as they say his ptsd like that's he true. starts to have flashbacks and you get this in the flashbacks like okay why is he he has a knife and he's gonna cut through flesh and then he's well no no what specifically what's causing him to have flashbacks is he's holding a knife and his dad is telling him what to do yeah that's what's causing the ptsd and yeah. that gives us another hint about what's going on with yeah. the uh uh with the girl in the trunk and the car and the and the station wagon and the camping trip that the junkyard killer is talking about yeah right so it's all i mean th this is there's so much in this episode but yeah you just watch it so then they have to give they finally give up and they give uh, they give the surgeon his knife back, and they're like, "Okay, go save him." And he does. He miraculously yeah. does. And Ainsley, uh, and this is the part of the episode that is, of course, the most upsetting. Decides, okay, well, I'm just going to pick up the camera and film my serial killer father performing surgery on my boyfriend and like not film it from a respectful distance but like no, get the close. camera right up in there in the wounds ah oh. yeah now, mind you we don't find out that right now no but we, we find do see out how that close later we do see how yeah. close she's standing now though so yeah this isn't a it's not a complete surprise when in next week's episode like in the next episode uh that we find out that she was like taking pictures of the actual knife going into his skin oh but yeah and so she gets her scoop oh and then malcolm goes out and he just shoots the the bad guy with a taser and it's yeah. it's a weird scene because like um they uh uh he distracts him with a camera telling him he's going to be on tv because the guy said he wanted the guy's thing was he said he wanted ainsley to interview him and it's like when's my yeah. interview blah 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 blah, blah. But, I, but i'm like I think the taser really did the hef heavy lifting in capturing yes. that guy. Oh yeah, not the so taser like did. Yeah, his, it's not his so much Ma Malcolm's scheme that got it done. It's the fact that there was a taser in the room, 
Uh, so that that helped a lot. Well, yeah, and I think Malcolm Malcolm took the taser with him. Oh no, right? no, I, oh, no, I'm just saying. Oh no, of course he yeah. got it. No, he got it off the orderly, who yeah. of course could not leave the room, could not leave them alone. Um, with Malcolm. Uh, with Malcolm. With exactly. Doctor like Whitley. Yes, with oh, we keep saying Malcolm. Yeah, with Doctor Whitley. Whitley. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like they absolutely cannot leave him alone, and so Malcolm has to go on his own out into the hallway. Right mm -hmm. to deal with it with the guys with the the orderly's taser, yeah. yeah. And oh no, and it's it's a very smart trick distracting him. But I'm like, even if you didn't distract him, you still had a taser and he just had a knife. I I think you're fine, Malcolm. Well, it might have been harder to get to him though with oh, the no, taser absolutely. if he didn't have the have the camera if the camera so. to distract him. Absolutely, that that yeah. is definitely a possibility. Okay, so uh, it's <laughs> my God, it's such a good. Uh, and then we get to the end of the episode and we get our big reveal, which is in all likelihood, uh, the surgeon, Dr. Whitley, put the crazy man up to the whole, thing. the whole thing in order to give him some time, A, give him more time with his uh, kids, but B, make sure there's footage of him being heroic. Yeah. Right. He is trying to control the narrative about himself. And it especially and what we end up with is, oh, my God, he set this all up just to exploit his children so that the world will start thinking like so that the world will start being more kind to him. And you're like, oh, oh it's so frustrating. Yeah. And so well done. You're like, oh, my God, I watched it happen. Yeah, it was all right there. Mm -hmm. It was all right there in front of you, and you were watching it happen, and the show was so well structured, you didn't even really notice it. Yeah, no, no well, no, and you don't, right? No. And, and the fact is, is that you can see Dr. Whitley trying to get Malcolm to use the knife and do yeah. the surgery. Oh, I know. I think that was, you know, in some ways, that was probably his what he really wanted to get done yeah too was to get malcolm back on oh absolutely his track that, yeah on yes exactly like um because as you pointed out last week on our show like his goal seems to have been to create uh like to mold his son in his image yeah right that's that's the whole thing and we'll talk about that in episode eight oof uh, because, I mean, again, it goes down to what is the theme of the show? Nobody's born a monster. Yeah. I mean, they undercut that with the Michael Myers episode, who literally did have a chemical unbalance, like, who did have a, a chemical problem in his brain. Last yeah, but week. even that. Yeah. Even that. Well, no, but even that, like, the Malcolm... mother refused. Well, what I was going to say about that one is he's still, in a sense, being made into a killer because they knew he had problems even before he started killing his bunnies. Yes. And the mother wouldn't let him get help. Yeah. She and wouldn't that's... admit there was anything wrong with his kid. And that's what the kid's biggest problem was. The mother yeah. who wouldn't admit there was anything wrong with him. Yeah. And so it, the theme is still there that even with these chemical imbalances, it's that still... potentially... Could he have could have had yeah he could have he been he didn't helped. have to his yeah. and his father's anger his father was an anger oh yeah an angry angry man his father's anger to take him say i'm going to put him in an in an institution well you don't do that no you know now where the I mean, kid even got if the you, knife by the way 
even if you have to put them into an institution, you don't you don't tell them you're going to until you do mm -hmm. it. Like surprise it, spring it on people. Like go for uh go for 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 milkshakes and then oh whoa you ended up in an asylum. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not telling you to do that with your children. Do not tell your children they're going for milkshakes and then bring them to an asylum. That's a terrible well, idea. No, I mean, and it would have been. And, and the, the funny thing is, is if the child hasn't been getting serious help, yeah. then the fact that the father takes him to the asylum is not going to be enough. No, it's not. It's absolutely so, not. So, yeah, you know, like, he had to have been like he had to have been treated. They had yeah. to have taken this seriously right from the start and they didn't. And that's what caused. Yeah. Problem. And the point is, the point is, OK, with Malcolm. I mean, yeah. it was a it was a serious point. And we didn't talk about that last week. For Malcolm to go to insist, right, yeah. that it can be different, and he had to, you know, he it was seeing a psychiatrist that made him realize that oh, it's the kid, yeah, you know, um, and we didn't talk about that because there's so much to talk about in each of these episodes, and where do you go? Oh, absolutely, right, and then so. So, but it's Malcolm's contention and his steadfast belief, right? Mm -hmm. And this is so we'll 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 see, right? Um, how this how this goes forward. But I will tell you, and then you get to the end and you hear this phone ringing. Yep. Oh, that was fantastic. So unbelievable. Right. Yeah, no, an episode. Ugh. All right, and so then we get to uh, family friend. Family friend. This is the big one. And first off, um, I didn't check who's playing the uh, junkyard killer. Just FYI, I didn't look it up. If you know, don't okay. tell me. I'm just okay. saying I did not look it up because uh, I heard the voice and I'm like, have I have I heard that voice before? Like, do I know that actor? And I like, I for a second was like, maybe I'll just look at it. And I'm like, nope, no, you're not looking it up. You're being very careful. You're not getting new in, you're not getting information before we know it on the show. So I'm being very strict about this. I'm not, I'm not spoiling anything. So okay. that's, that is my thing on the show. Whew. So he talks to the junkyard killer who we learn is a friend of his dad's, uh, you know, uh, is a friend of his dad's. I mean, to the extent that his dad had friends. Uh, he is a serial killer, as we learn, kind of a, a someone who is mentored. Yeah. By his father is who we're talking about. All right. A guy yeah. who learned at the feet of the master. And so then, of course, the question. Oh, and of course, he mentions the key part is, and this is the thing that changes everything for Malcolm. He mentions the girl in the box. Like, yeah, he just full out admits, uh, acknowledges that. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's very nice. And you can say, oh, well, it's very convenient for the narrative that he started talking about this thing that Malcolm is obsessed with. How does he know Malcolm's obsessed with it? And the answer is he's talking to Malcolm for the first time in 20 years. And his big connection with Malcolm was that weekend they spent out in the woods and that girl in the box. So of course he would bring it up. There is no, like, it is not contrived at all that that would come up in their conversation. And oh, I don't know who I, like, yeah, I like. Because he knows yeah. he was hoping to get Malcolm because he knows. Oh, yeah. That Dr. Whitley is in jail. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Well, no, but once he saw Malcolm in the, uh, once he saw Malcolm in the, the junkyard, 
he knew Malcolm was onto him. And so he thought probably the only, and I would assume the, the way the character, we don't know, we haven't met this character yet. So I'm just making assumptions here, but I would assume that the character thought, oh, well, he must have found something in the basement that led him to me. Like, cause he obviously, he knows about Dr. Whitley's secret room cause he's got the number of the phone of Dr. Whitley's secret room. So he knows about the secret room and I, and I'm assuming the character thought to himself, oh, okay, he must have found something about my hideout in the, um, you know, uh, in the, the secret room. So I'll just call the phone in the secret room since obviously he knows about it. And maybe it's still, and of course there was no way to know, as he says, there's no way to know whether the phone was still going to be hooked up or not. And it just, it just so happens that it was. Yeah. He lucked out pretty well. And, uh, <laughs> and then you get another one of the show's really funny lines, which is what you didn't notice uh, you didn't know you were still paying the bill on this phone line? Yeah. <laughs> and her response is, there, I mean, it's like, I don't know half of what I'm paying. You know how it is with business managers. He's like, no, I absolutely do not know how it is with business managers. <laughs> I know. Such a good line. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was such a funny line. Uh, but yeah, like, so she's just been paying this phone line the whole time because it was, as we learned, it was just one of the bills that has to do with the house. And this woman's never looked at a bill in her life. No. How would she know? Malcolm just added that phone line to the stack of bills that got paid every month. And yeah. no one ever questioned it. No, and why, actually, why would anybody? Why would, no, no one, it's not like the cops, the man really was, uh, like, was a doctor. It's not crazy that he would have a second phone line in his office like mm -hmm. that's not unusual at all even in the 90s like and you guys might say five years later okay yeah everybody moves to cell phone but he got caught in 1998 cell phones were still not ubiquitous you still and, had an office line in your house yeah not only did everyone have a landline people often had two or three landlines if they worked out of their house like that's not unusual and so you totally believe that she just it just never would have occurred to her that this was an issue well and it wouldn't have occurred to the accountants either because oh, yeah. i mean Why? in in back in the days even back in 1998 you often needed to have if you wanted to have any sanity you had a separate line for your fax machine oh god right yeah. yeah, you had to, you had to have lines just for fax machines because otherwise you're getting phone calls with horrible screeching in your ears. That's right. That's yeah, right. So you're right. Yeah. Yep. So and then, as she says, at a certain point, it's just it becomes one of the bills that gets paid every month. Yeah, and and so now we get uh, uh, we. By the way, there's something in the episode where. Um, so he's talking to the guy, right? And he, the guy says he wasn't finished. And so Malcolm interprets this to mean that he hadn't, like there was someone waiting to be crushed. And yeah. the only reason they get to this conclusion is the reveal from uh, our, our wonderful M.E. Mm -hmm. that the person hadn't eaten anything in a couple of days. Mm -hmm. The killer was starving them, which means he's definitely holding them there because as Malcolm says... Like, what are, what is the other option? Of course, there's somebody being held here. The other option is that some, that he's like keeping them somewhere else and taking them to the junkyard, which is a huge risk. No, yeah. it only makes sense to actually keep them in the junkyard. And then we get uh, a bit of a cheat because they have Malcolm find the air pipe at, just after Gil has said that, you know, uh, they, they literally comb this place and tore it apart. And I'm like, 
The air pipes just got like a door lying <laughs> leaning against it. They did yeah. not tear this apart if they did not find the giant air pipe with the door <laughs> leaning against it. You were yeah. overestimating the skill level of your forensic people, Gil. Well, yeah, n because nobody was looking for anything else. Yeah, they were just they were just looking, were for, just looking for cars with bodies in them. Oh no, absolutely, one hundred percent. It's clear what happened. I just thought it was funny that he specifically said like they've searched the place from top to bottom. I'm like, that's a pretty big thing to miss, Gil. But anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it happens. It happens. I know. Well, what I was going to say is Gil too. When he said that, yeah, was only he, looking for bodies exactly. in cars. <laughs> it's true. Like, and you know, I, I, that is a strong point you're making, which is that you find what you're looking to find. You find what you're looking for, generally. In, yeah, and they didn't think that there was anyone alive. Was person. Yeah, because Malcolm doesn't put any, like, doesn't really put any um, uh, importance to this this idea of well, you stop me in the middle of doing something, right? Yeah. Like he doesn't give it the importance that initially it's that. Yeah. It's only once they figure out that the people have been starved and kept there for a long time. It's only then that he realizes, oh God, there's probably someone in there. Yeah. It's not like this is. So now we have to reason. look for this person. Oh yeah. It's yeah. not like it's completely obvious at all. No, no. Yeah. Like it's, it's a big surprise for them, which again, uh, it's a good reveal. There's a guy chained up in the basement. He's going to get murdered. And they find the identity of enough of the victim, uh, victims that they can tie them all to a local church-run charity. Yeah. And so they go to talk to the, the priest there, who, of course, is obviously a suspect. Uh, this guy, you know, thinks that he has a higher calling to murder homeless people. Here's a priest who works with homeless people. Like it's not crazy. And is, uh, and is drinking too much and is having problems with, <laughs> yes. with his calling. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like it's not, it's not crazy to think that this could be the guy. Uh, but of course he's not the guy. It's too early in the episode for that. Mm -hmm. Also, he doesn't sound like the guy on the phone. Well, you can do a voice though, but uh, he does not sound like, the no, guy he doesn't sound like that. the guy on the phone. Yeah. Uh, and it's a very, you know, they got a brief scene with him. He doesn't, he's not particularly helpful. And then he mysteriously disappears. Yeah. And oof, then we get a, a chase scene that's very, very, very entertaining because Malcolm sees that he's being watched by somebody from the shadows. He chases them down into the subway tunnels and he has a face-to-face, -face, I say face-to-face -face advisedly, of course, we still don't know what the junkyard killer looks like. No, no, it's a, it's a face-to-back. There you go, face-to-back <laughs> conversation. Uh, with the junkyard killer who and this is the interesting part genuinely seems uh like genuinely seems indebted to malcolm's dad yeah to the point where obviously he's not interested in killing malcolm right and malcolm convinces him to not kill him by and we don't know how much of this is play and how much of it is stuff that malcolm is afraid of but he says that they're that he is his father's son and they're just the same and that's how he was able to catch him. Now we know that's not how he was able to catch it, like um, find him and figure out about the kid. Like we walked through his line of reasoning and none of it has to do with the, uh, his dad being a serial killer, but we know that it's what this guy wants to hear. Yeah. And my question is, is he being... And my question to you is, is he being completely manipulative in saying just exactly what this guy wants to hear? 
or is he describing what he's afraid of? Okay, what I would say to that is that he is being manipulative. Okay. Okay, predominantly manipulative, but inside as he's having more, because he's over this period of time between episode seven and eight, he's had to deal with the PTSD Mm -hmm. of his father trying to get him to cut something. Right. And his father telling him what to do in terms of cutting. And, um, you know, so he's, so somewhere in his soul, Mm -hmm. okay, he's afraid or in his subconscious, whatever you want to call it, unconscious, whatever you want to call it, you know, he's, he's terrified of what he might, I think he might not be terrified that he's just like his father. Okay. Because I think he firmly believes that serial killers are made, not, not born. born. Right. Okay. So, although why he hasn't bothered looking into his father's background is beyond me, but okay. Yeah, we got to learn some stuff about his granddad if we want to <laughs> explain. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, the whole yeah. theme of the show, and I'm sure that's coming. Yeah, like because the whole theme of the show is that uh, is the question of whether killers are born or made. Well, we're going to have to find out about something about Doctor Whitley's background if we're yeah. ever going to explore that. And I mean, yeah. I can I can believe that he wouldn't know about that yet because he's too afraid to look into it. Yeah, and I think he's afraid, and I think of course the big fear is that he's. Af- I mean, deep down inside, what he's probably really afraid of is that somehow or another he had he had a role in the death of someone yeah when he was a child yeah and And that's that's, why he turned his father in yeah and that on some level he turned his father in out of his own guilt perhaps well no out of his out of his knowing it was wrong well yeah but i and he couldn't get away from his father yeah right well and the thing is like you you look he um he has to know more about his father's uh, instincts, sorry, instincts and murderous plans than he thinks he does, right? Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Because he said to, he said to Gil, 100%, my dad's going to kill you. Yeah. And if he just found a girl in the basement, like, why on earth would he immediately jump to the conclusion that he's planning to drug him with tea and then stab him to death? Yeah. Which is what he was planning to do. Right? And so the question becomes, well, obviously on set, like the kid version of Malcolm knew more about his dad's MO and what yeah. his dad did than he thinks he did. Yeah. And it has to do with that weekend, that exactly. week long camping trip. Yeah. The, the camping trip. Exactly. Yeah. Right? And so that's, that's what we're getting. Like that's the hints that we're getting. And I hope it's going to pay off sooner rather than later, but I'm I'm here for the ride, whatever it is. So, um, when they're talking, he says, uh, the, the junkyard killer says, meet me at this place at this time and we'll have a conversation. Uh-huh. And to his credit, and I, I hate speaking in a serial killer's credit, but you know, it's a, it's a show. We have to sometimes, uh, he knows that Malcolm is lying and is going to bring the police to meet him. Yeah, he knows that because he doesn't, in fact, come. He just gives Malcolm an opportunity to uh, find the priest who, even though he cut off the guy's hand and sent it to them, is still alive and is waiting for them in the uh, 
He must have learned how to cut off. Well, the, that's the, the real the blood. hand. Say, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's the interesting thing because we know that they met when he was doing um, when he was consulting at a hospital in the Bronx. Yeah. Right. While Doctor Whitley was at a hospital in the Bronx, so the question is. Uh, they dismiss the idea that he's also a doctor, right? But yeah. uh, a paramedic would know how to do that without any. Or he could have been a resident. Maybe, like you know, uh, I mean, a re you see, the th the thing is, is they're talking about mentoring. It has to be someone subordinate. Well, exactly. residents are all subordinate. Yeah, but they want to dismiss all. Of, they want to rule out all. I think they 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 rule out the doctors who were there at the time and the people in training, I assume, but we'll see. Well, the my doctors, they is, did, but not in, you know, I mean, well, here's my thing. Well, we'll here's see. why I think he might actually be another medical. There's two things that make me think he could be a medical professional or possibly a police officer. And I'll tell you why. Uh, one, the one, the ease in which, like um, the fact that he has easy access to the homeless population. Yeah, uh, and the sex workers, homeless population, people to exploit. Like those people, they don't like cops, but they're used to seeing cops around, and they don't think it's alarming if a cop wants to take you somewhere and talk to you, right? Mm -hmm. So that makes it very easy for a cop to be a serial killer, which has been proven by the many real life cop serial killers that there have been. I mean, not many, but there have been enough that it's troubling. Yes. Right. So you got that. Two. He, what he really wants to do, and this is where, uh, we're not even jumping ahead, we're at that part of the story. Uh, what he wants to do is get them all at this fort, right? Mm -hmm. So that they're not paying attention to the hospital, so he can finish off the victim they interrupted him with. Yeah, and then Malcolm figures that out, and then we go to Ainsley. Yeah, who is at the hospital visiting her boyfriend, who completely reasonably breaks up with her. Yes. 100% I am on Tim's, oh no, Jim's side in this one. Yeah, this breakup, yeah. he is 100% right to break up with this woman. Well, she, and the funny thing is, yeah. is that he does it. He just looks at her and he said, I know what, I, I understand yeah, I why, why you, you did, did this. I yeah. get why you did this. I just don't want to be involved with someone who does this. Yeah. And he is right to do it. Like, and it's, it, yeah. Yeah. He is 100% right to do it. It's. It's rough, but he just almost got stabbed to death. And her only thought is how she's going to win an award for the reporting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because they call it disgust. For, like I was reading the, the, um, the Wikipedia. The, the description. The synopsis. Here, and it says, breaks up with her out of disgust for putting her career before him. And I don't think that's it. No. No, I don't discussed. think he understands. No, he fully understands why she did this. Yeah, because he's and, around, and, like he's around media people every day, and yeah. he realizes that fundamentally she's always going to put her career first. And it's not disgust, like because he's not, no. he's not like. I mean, he's a little weirded out that she videotaped his open wounds. He absolutely his open is surgery. Yeah, like the, the surgery as it was happening, but fundamentally he breaks up with her because he can't be with someone who, whose only consideration is their career 
and will go to any lengths to be that kind of successful. Yeah, like, he's like, <laughs> there's lines of personal privacy that shouldn't be like, even if you're a media person, his position is there are lines of personal privacy that you should never cross or exploit. And for her, there are no limits. Yeah. And who boy, does that tell you something about her and how she lives? As says. Yeah. As well, no, as you said, when we were talking about that episode, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of her in father her. in her too. Yeah. It's not just Malcolm who is the legacy of Dr. Uh, of Whitley. Dr. Whitley. Yeah. yeah. Because she is every bit as eager when talking about her career as Dr. Whitley was when we saw him talking about his career. Like, yeah. she is every bit as eager to become a success as he was. Yep. So, yeah, like, there's... There's a real, like, a duality happening here that I find yeah, incredibly plus, interesting. Plus, it's the, uh, you know, well, we'll get to that in the next. Yeah. It's, it's the class thing, too. It's right? also the class thing, yeah. Where um, her mother, or her mother would have sent her to the, only the best schools. Oh, absolutely. And um, everything else. It's, it's um, amazing. And then it just ends, like, on these two kind of, Oh shit notes where yep. the FBI has taken over the case. Yeah. So Malcolm doesn't get to work it anymore. No, Malcolm doesn't get to work it anymore. And you see the mother just sealing up the room. Yep. And I would assume she unplugged the phone and then she does find out, you know, that, yeah, they've been paying the bill. She does check it yeah, out. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Well, we found that earlier in the episode. Yeah. Uh, but what I found funny was um, when we were watching it, uh, we mm -hmm. get to the end. I, I know I, it's going to sound like I'm reaching here, but this is the second uh, time I've seen like a little nod to classic horror films because yes. uh, it really does have a Halloween 2 vibe when she's running around the hospital and there's a guy with a knife. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no. That was, the, that was definitely a horror. Yeah. It was a, definitely An supposed empty to be a hospital. Phil scene. The empty hospital. Like, how could it be that empty? That empty. I know. That was my been. exact thought. Yeah. You know, yeah, it would not. Is, well, no, my thought about him being, and I forgot to say the second part, the reason I think he's either a medical professional or a cop is he had no trouble ambushing and murdering the, the cops. cops who was guard, uh, the cops who were guarding the place. Yeah. And like they are, spe they have specifically been told that they are there to guard against a serial killer. Yeah. They know that this is the most serious conceivable job they could have, and yet that serial killer managed to get the better of them. And the yeah, question which is means... how? Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It so has then, to be yes. someone they wouldn't think of a threat as, as a threat walking up to them. Uh, and for me, I mean, you could have your own theories. For me, doctor. The, doctor or police officer yeah and to me My... doctor would be even even the oh yeah even but more. it still it still doesn't explain why the whole floor was empty <laughs> well yes but that's another <laughs> conversation okay you know, but no you that's know, that contrived i agree that's contrived 100 <laughs> like, percent. Like, but anyway what? uh two legitimately like stellar episodes in a row yep like both of these episodes are great episodes of the show just stellar hours of television. Thumbs up emoji to both of these episodes. Like, really, really good job. Yep. Uh, now let's get to the third episode we're going to talk about. And I'm just going to say the first bad episode of the show. I didn't think this was good at all. 
Uh, you can you can disagree. We can have a conversation about it. But I'm watching this episode. I'm like, oh, this is this is some awkward writing. This is some not great writing around this mystery. And we're going to talk about why I think that. Uh, but let's start out with well, yeah. If I if if I was to say anything, you have your complaints about the the other ones not sort of feeding into the the thematic narrative yeah this is the one that least fits into the thematic narrative and the plot's not great well no and the plot's not great it's kind of um it it, yes it is it is a criminal minds episode that is what i'm getting at yes yes what you're trying to say is this is i'm trying to be nicer about it but if this had been an episode of criminal minds i wouldn't be surprised no 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 that's exactly that's exactly what it is yeah um it has all the earmarks of a criminal minds uh episode episode. um you know three three bodies the whole thing Right down to the three, the two bodies, and then someone getting rescued at the end. Yeah. Like, structurally, it's just like a Criminal Minds episode. There's the scene of them, the, 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 they're finding out about a weird subculture that week that every TV show, but especially Criminal Minds used to do. So anyway, a, okay, um, a cleaning I, lady finds a dead body. Can I just uh, say one please, thing before we get into it? Okay. Yeah. Um, so she is an, ex- the, the writer of this episode is extremely young. Okay. Okay. And basically she she uh worked on it on Russell Peters presents a thanks she got from that. She got a thanks. So she was like a PA on Russell Peters presents yeah. something. Okay. And um so this is the first show she has oh, this written. This is her first on. writing job? Okay. Yeah. Well, there and, you go. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm disappointed that the showrunners didn't do more to fix this script and like de cliche elate it. But yes. if it's someone's first professional script, yes. it feels like someone's first professional script. That's exactly. Script. And someone who's watched Criminal A Minds. Lot of criminal Minds. <laughs> so anyway, let's get, let's get to the actual plot of the episode, which is uh, cleaning lady finds a dead body in an apartment. They assume it's the guy who lives there. Uh, the wife comes home and she's like, no, my husband's just down the hall. I don't know who that dead body is, blah, 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 blah. Although, of course, that's not believable at all. No. <laughs> How could they not know who the body, like, why there's Somebody a guy has who recently to, yeah. had sex dead in the apartment? There's no way you couldn't have any idea why that is. And she does almost immediately uh, confess to being part of a swingers club. Yeah. All right. And that's, and so she does know the guy and they... Uh, rich people get hooked up for anonymous sex and also uh, they also let people use their rooms when they're out of town because rich New York people are almost never in their homes. They're always, Which is, you know, out hence, in the Hamptons and yeah. Yeah. Hence pied-a-terre. Pied-a-terre. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, which, the yeah, apartment. It's the title of the episode. I probably should yeah. have said that. <laughs> I did not say that the title of the episode yeah. is Pieta Terre. But yeah, just like the movie The Apartment. It's exactly the same mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. You want to have a place to have your affairs. And that's what the episode's about. Um, and so then it's just a question of, okay, well, we need to know uh, who on earth, right? Like, who is responsible for running this ring so we could get a list of possible suspects because their assumption is whoever this guy was with is probably the killer, Right. Yeah, that's their first assumption, and it's not a terrible assumption. And so they um, they go, and Malcolm, being a rich guy, 
and being a rich guy with a fancy apartment is a like eligible to join this ring of rich hedonists mm-hmm. so he's like yeah i'll just i'll apply for membership and we'll you know try to lure in this guy we're looking for and figure out what's going on and it's a good plan but uh he <laughs> so he he doesn't meet the guy he meets this woman who has to have sex with him for the uh uh, to prove that he wants in on it, and more just because she's horny. That's just who she is. No judgment. No, no, uh, no judgment. No judgment. You do, and... you, you, do yeah. you, lady. Uh, but anyway, so she does, uh, and so she finds out he's a cop, and they demand to know who runs the organization. She says she doesn't know, and this is where the episode becomes terribly written, and I'll tell you why. Uh, they let her go, right? When she was literally the last person to see the victim alive and she was having an affair with him. I mean, it's part of their swingers club. So she says there's no emotion, but the fact is she was having an affair with the victim. She was the last person to see him alive and she was in the room around the time of the murder. Yeah. And they let her go and they don't look into her any further. Yeah, and that is, yes. Nope. And that's, that's yeah. as I nope. said, Criminal Minds episode. What's even worse is they're like, she says she doesn't know who it is. Who could it be? It would take one minute of searching public records to find out that she's married to a computer genius who created all of the algorithms for Match.com and is a and is a guy who... Uh, has like, ALS. Yes, and has ALS. So her husband is a guy who knows more about building like dating apps than anyone on Earth. And has ALS. Yeah. And, as and I, the whole I, yeah. thing is designed to cheat. Obviously, he's the guy who's running the like the yeah. organization. And, and my, my line w- was, w- when you're watching it, uh, you know, when you're watching it initially, you're just yeah. going, well, well, no, give, me, give me a break. I mean, I didn't even believe the line. She didn't know who it is. Yeah, no, not for a second. How can you not, not, not for a second? How could you believe that? How you did you, one, let, like, her she, how could you let her go? Because you can't do this. You can't do this business. She is literally the one. Business. Yeah, more importantly, she is literally the person second in command at this entire organization yeah. who's deciding who gets in or not. How could she conceivably not, not know. know who it was? There's no way you can believe yeah. that for a second. And yet, as they just let her go, because the plot requires, literally, all they would have to do is look into her further, look into her husband, and they would know everything about who was running the organization. And from there, it's easy to figure out who the killer is. Because yes. all she has to say, like, my, all she ha- they have to do is, well, look at who spent a lot of time with the guy who got killed. Oh, the woman whose apartment it is? Like, yeah. it's not a good mystery. It's it's not a great episode at all, and the only thing that the, the that is of value in this episode, I would argue, is the stuff we re- learn about Mal- um, Malcolm. Malcolm and his date. And his date, and it's a fun scene, because yeah. for safety's sake, he goes on a, a double date with JT and his uh, wife. Yeah, not that like, JT and his wife knew they were on a double date. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Malcolm is still. I mean, he's still manipulative. It's still Malcolm. Yeah. He's not yeah. going to stop manipulating people just because he's going out on a date. But they're very good about it. And then, of course, he screws up the date. But the, the issue I had with them going out on a date is, yes, uh, Malcolm, I understand that you're frustrated. And it probably would be good if you dated or had sex. But uh, 
it is deeply irresponsible for you to be entering into a sexual relationship with someone right now when a you have dangerous night terrors yeah and b a serial killer is actively stalking you yes oh yes okay you're being her, sensible you're he being tells her neither of these things and i'm like you're a bad boyfriend malcolm look you're being sensible about it am, it's his friggin' right. psychiatrist i know i know that's I'm stupid like, i mean if there's anyone to blame for, for what happens it's the i mean pulling this because we have to talk about like this psychiatrist i'm just she's, going she's bad at her the, job who the hell are you are you some kind of a weird Jungian Freudian? I, I don't know what you are. She's yeah. too Freudian for sure. As well, Malcolm points out. She immediately is like, oh, so this dream where you got stabbed by a Japanese ghost girl. From that's the back. The other big, the, uh, yeah. The, uh, the, the, that's the other big horror trope they use um, on the show. And I'm sure if you're watching it with us, you've seen this. Every time we see his vision of the victim, it's like, she's the girl from the ring. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. You know, well, it's all these homages, you know. No, no, it's plenty. The of, yeah, they they love their uh, horror homages. On yeah, but show. not only that, but it's it's you know the knives are coming up from the bottom of the bed. He gets stabbed. Yeah, right through the chest. Right through the heart. Yeah, right through the heart. The whole thing. Now, excuse me. This is not. This a is sexual... not a sexual dream. Yeah, <laughs> it really isn't. Did this turn you on? holy friggin shit that's basically well that's what his psychiatrist asked him yeah i know it's did you really have crazy erotic feelings about this my <laughs> lord well maybe you need to get laid oh Say, I know. what I, I, I know i know I'm you right have a father who kills women yep you 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 have you have this horrible 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 these horrible PTSD nightmares, night yep. terrors about this woman. Yep. And and your psychiatrist says, Oh yeah, go get laid. No, like this is a man who needs and the the like sexual therapy is a real thing. You know, he needs to work out his issues with sex and women in a therapeutic setting before he starts going out on dates. No kidding. And he certainly shouldn't be sleeping next to anyone if he has violent, sometimes suicidal night terrors. Yeah, because he doesn't wake up. Why do you think he chains himself? Well, he didn't want to let her know that he chains himself to the bed, well, Not I only that, when he has had sex with her and then goes to bed, he doesn't take any of his nighttime drugs to try and dial back his hallucinations and night terrors. Yeah. He hides all of his drugs, you know? Yeah, I mean uh, it was it was just he hides yeah. all of his drugs when he saw her, when she was dropped by earlier. Yeah, so we have to assume, right? Because that that he didn't like then stop just... having sex with her to go and take a bunch of drugs. And I'm relatively sure he in. didn't do that. She just pops in, and then so he's extremely dangerously irresponsible. Yes. Now the question is, was it her sister or her girlfriend? Or you almost get that impression, right? Oh yeah, uh, the, you know, I mean, mother or whatever. No, yeah. I, you know, I'm going. It would be too much of a stretch. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing: it's not impossible that it's his, her older sister or mother or whatever who got uh, 
who who got was abducted in the box uh, was abducted and got killed in that box i know it's i know it's a stretch to say that but i'll tell you one thing that makes it not a stretch to say that she sure as hell did appear mysteriously out of nowhere in order to go and get in with the family as best she yeah. could so it's possible that she's looking into her like that was my thought too like you're mm -hmm. not alone in this that she was looking into her mother sister whatever's disappearance and found out some connection like, to the Whitleys. found a hint of some connection to the Whitleys and so she's like I'm gonna get in with this family and find out what was going on so, and yeah, she I can because too. she's got loads and loads and loads and loads of money well no she doesn't have I mean she does have some money she doesn't have their level of money but she no. is working in that she is living and working in the circles even though as they said she's not from there yeah and you so, got all of that you oh, know when malcolm profiles does his little profile yeah yeah okay how to how to win a girl i know right <laughs> yeah take her right away to her worst nightmare i know <laughs> it's like for the love of god you know like you've been in therapy for how long you should know that even if it's a fun setting and if even if somebody asked, not everybody wants to be probed at any given time. Yeah, and she was stupid enough to say, I can handle it. Oh, I know. Well, I because know. she doesn't know who Malcolm is, you know. No, she doesn't really know him yet. No, yeah. she doesn't know him. And whether she will get to know him because, well, of course, we'll he almost killed her. Yeah. And the question is, if she sticks around, that makes it 100% more likely that this is looking for her sister and it is about his dad yeah. if she's back next week no i did not watch the next episode i will i will admit i let it start because it's hard to stop watching this show i didn't i was a good girl <laughs> i watched the first two minutes and i'm like no you can't do this wait we can i can <laughs> wait you just have to wait till tomorrow night it's fine but it's hard to stop watching this this show is I, propulsive I it really is it keeps you locked in week after week i have been very very satisfied with the pacing of this show anyway uh so yeah not a good episode it's, no, just, it's just not like because malcolm like is completely irresponsible he's kind of terrible in this episode the plot like the mystery plot isn't very good at all um the theme is not like relevant to like super relevant as you said we might be laying the groundwork for stuff with her yeah right was for stuff with eve that's going to be important later but just as an episode it's kind of meh it's just not yeah, very good but just... we had one truly great scene in the episode where so they're like weird. well how do we get in touch with this sex club if the wife's not going to help us and malcolm's like oh i know a guy yeah remember the uh, guy yes. whose hand i cut off yeah <laughs> and he goes and sees the guy whose hand he cut off because that guy was a professional dom and now <laughs> He knows, like, he kept up with it after he got out of the hospital. And he found out that when he got settlement money from the city for, you know, cutting his hand off, <laughs> he opened his own fetish store. And he's like, well, if anybody's going to know about this, it's going to be this guy. And he's right. It's such yeah. a good scene. Yeah, that, that scene was good. You know, I mean, just, just seeing, I mean, Malcolm is a very disturbed person who is, is. functioning, sort yeah. of. Oh no! Right, it it is it is it's an interesting way to have a main character. Oh yeah. Oh, and, no. and I think what I liked most is yes, he's very good at reading people, but on on one level, there's this there's this vacant thing to his um, level of yes. affect 
Yeah. He's like, he honestly, on one level, doesn't seem to understand why the guy would have a problem with him at all. Yeah. Like, what? You're alive? The surgery worked fine. You got your money. I don't I don't understand why you're still upset about this. Is how the scene plays, and that's why I loved it so much. Yeah. Because that scene does reveal something about Malcolm. Yeah. No, Malcolm is definitely got serious problems with I mean, even his level of empathy. Well, he doesn't oh, yeah. have it. I mean, yeah. again, you know, between but he spent more time with his father. Exactly. And then when he went to university, he would go and talk to his father until he finally mm -hmm. realized maybe that's not what I should be doing. Yeah. Well, and what he finally did was he cut him off when he was, you know, going to uh, the FBI, become an FBI agent. Well, and what I find really interesting in that is like, but they, they do a hint about that, about, you know, his father affecting his affect mm -hmm. when they do the scene with him. Well, you know, fundamentally, aren't humans just meat? You know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that's a, such a minor scene with him teaching his son all about how humans are, like all the parts of humans. But what he's doing is he's teaching his son about humans the same way a butcher teaches somebody about cuts of meat. Yeah. Like, these are just the pieces. Which is how he caught the guy at the very first pilot in the pilot. Exactly. Yeah, that it's the same thing. And I think that's really interesting. So, like, this... Oh, yes, like, and we got a clearer idea of what of how Dr. Whitley, you know, the one little scene where Dr. Whitley is explaining to him about the hand and about the, yes. yeah, that was that little tiny scene, right? That was really good. And of course, the problem for Malcolm is he has no chronology to this. Yeah, he doesn't which, know the of course, order in which this stuff happened. No, which of course, Whitley is um, definitely um, uh, exploiting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, his he he knows his son has this amnesia that he caused, and so he yeah. is using his fuzziness about dates and facts and everything to manipulate his son. Everything yeah. he does is to manipulate his son. He's a terrible person. Well, yeah, he wants his father to he wants his son to take over where he left off. Yeah, Ugh. I mean it's it's a compelling relationship. It's very interesting, and but this episode, it's just it doesn't give you much to dig into. Like, there's nothing to sink your teeth into this week. It's just no, kind no, of there. it doesn't really fit. And there are a few little things that you can see. It's there. It's in in, and I can't even really find anything that's going to. I mean, we. I mean, all all you can say is okay. The mother, you got the exposition from the mother. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we've got a little bit better understanding of the mother, sort of. Oh, yeah. Um, and like I said, it sets up little with things. Eve that's probably going to be important later. Again, like the second he started talking about that, I'm like, oh, okay. So Eve's sister, mother, whatever, is probably who was in that box was my first thought. You had the same first thought. So I would be, I'm not saying we're definitely right. I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised if that's where it goes. Because again, her showing up was very much sudden weird. and weird. Yeah. yeah, the way she shows up in their lives is very much sudden and weird. And friggin' abducting women is what Dr. Whitley did. And now she's working on human trafficking. So it's not hard to see the connection. No. So yeah, like we're not saying definitely that's what's going on here. We're just saying if that's where it's going, our, our theories are locked in and we would not be surprised. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, two, like one, seven, best episode of the show so far. 
I think that's safe to say. Yeah. Eight, really good episode. Nine, the worst episode of the show so far. So far. far. Yeah. Yeah, just a just a perfunctory murder mystery that's kind of dumb, that doesn't make the cops look very smart, and uh, we're glad it's over. Yes. So yeah, I was uh, very annoyed by that part, but very happy with everything else that happened this week, so... Overall, I'm still being very positive about this show. Oh, well, and never mind. They ended it. Uh, see, this is the problem that I complain about all the time with Criminal Minds. Yeah. Is, is they will have, even when they have a decent episode, they screw it up at the end. Yeah. And this one, they have a perfunctory episode, right? Really but boy, ending. that ending punched it. Yeah. <laughs> right? I knew what they were doing there. Yep. That was very smart. But at really, least she was smart really enough to realize he was in a dream and she screams at him, wake up. Yeah. But who boy, you, you gotta like, seriously, Malcolm, get, get some therapy for this. Yeah. Find yourself <laughs> another therapist, please. You really need Malcolm. a better therapist. <laughs> it's like, I just love it. It's like, you, sh- you, you should probably have sex with someone. You, you know that he has night terrors. Like, you know that he's not safe to be around. You know this about him. You know he chains himself up at night. Yeah, because it's so not safe to be around him. And your response is, you should probably get laid. Oh my God, what is this doctor's issue? And as she's you a say, child strict Freudianism. Yeah, you're right, she's yeah. a child psychiatrist. And a strict not Freudian. And, and let me tell you, she probably belongs to the school of Melanie Klein, which is one of the worst... I'm not familiar with that reference. Oh, never mind. That would that, we could do a whole podcast just on Melanie Klein. So I will remember that for later, sometime <laughs> when we want to do when we do. She, she Doctor Redmond's list of worst psychiatric <laughs> theories around. Wow, and that she's is okay. probably at the top. Damn. Okay. Well, we're talking about this later. All right. (laughs) But for now, uh, we're going to wrap up the episode. Thanks so much for joining us for this dig into Prodigal Son, which is proving to be quite satisfying for me. Oh, for me too. Like, this is fun. Very, very happy with this show so far. They had one, I mean, honestly, nine episodes, one bad one. That's a pretty good record. Oh, yeah. And even... I'd say three great episodes. One bad one and five five good ones. Mm-hmm. That's pretty darn good odds. Yep. All right. So uh, we will be back here on Thursday with more of season 14 of Criminal Minds. And of course, next Tuesday, you can join us back here. If you're watching along, your homework is episode 10, 11, and 12. Silent Night is 10, which I assume is their Christmas episode. 11 is Alone Time and 12 is Internal Affairs. Ooh. All right, this should be a lot of fun. Yep. Uh, so, yes, we're going to check those out and join us back here for that. Uh, but until then, if you have any questions, comments, or want to recommend any other profiling-related fiction you think we'll enjoy, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And if you are listening to this on some sort of a podcast or app, be sure to rate and review it because that is how people find the show. We'll see you back here for more. But until then, I'm going to say... Au revoir. And have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.